Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. You know what I really like, though, are, is that the drunk uh, Julie Andrews TikToks that yes. I've been sending you. <laughs> you are 16. You, you are, are 16 a Nazi. And you are a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so <Okay>. good. <laughs> uh, and then I just like the like drunk and slurred, like, it's true. You are. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, because like every time I watch uh, that movie and they sing that song, I'm just like, fuck off, Raul, you piece of shit. Roll, yeah, whatever. No the- one fucking. Raul, Raul, Raul. Shut up, Raul. <laughs> it's not Raul. Sturt. Sturt. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Um, I I feel like his his name is like Raul or something. That's Rolf? not right. What the Rolf? fuck is it? Rolf? Rolf. Okay, fuck Rolf. Yeah. So when they're singing fuck in Rolf. the gazebo, I'm just like, fuck you, Rolf. You Nazi shit. Get out of here. Nazi piece of shit. It's like he's dick a dickwad on so many levels. Like not only is he a Nazi piece of shit, but also like he's totally just trying to like fucking lead Luis on and I. Yeah. I hate it. <gasps> I hate it. everything about him. He's I such hate a tool. He He's such a tool. And then Captain Von Trapp was like, 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 don't do it. Don't do it, man. And he bratted them out because he's a Nazi scum. Right. Like, Ugh. and it was literally like a moment like, come on, you can be the good guy. Here's your choice. You yeah. can be the good guy. And yeah. like, yeah. Ugh, Ugh, they're over out. here. Fuck off. Fuck off, Rolf. Ride your fucking bike off a short pier, you dumb shit. Uh, yikes. <laughs> Never did I think we'd be doing a Sound of Music podcast, but Listen, here we are. It's of the time period. It's fine. It's relevant. It is. I mean, it is. It's topical for sure, but... Yes. Damn. Damn diggity damn. Damn, Rolf. Damn, the fucking Von Traps damn. were just trying to restore their their damaged home and their family issues and sing songs together and and have a nice time. And then the Nazis came and ruined everything. Ugh. Well, they didn't ruin everything. I mean, they got out and it was fine. But fucking. They're just trying to chill and, was really... and have a puppet show. <laughs> Okay. Um, the worst song to have sex to. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it though? 
There was, like, some meme going around that was, like, name the worst song to have sex to, and somebody said The Lonely Goat Herd, and I was like, oh my god, it's so true. <sighs> it's not a good one, but it's... is it the worst one? I mean, it's about sex, though. Yeah. Because the fuck, the, like, the, they sent the milkmaid to go hook up with the yodeler guy, and then the, the goats had babies and shit. Like, it's all about reproduction. How many romance novels are about the Alps and having sex in them? Probably a lot. I don't know. I don't, but I'm I not going off any statistics. <laughs> I want to find out. Her, I feel like a snowed in, snowy mountain. Yeah. Cabin. Her, popular trope. Her breasts were as large and delightful as the Alps themselves. I don't know. I, there's, I, I was gonna go with her nipples were peaked like the tops of the yeah. mountains. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate it. I hate that my brain immediately was like, "Yes, do this thing." Oh my god, yes, dude! I'm so excited to read the Midas Touch by our very own Catherine Applegate. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> I can't I, fucking wait. We'll have to do that for, like, Valentine's Day or something some year. Oh, <gasps> <gasps> yes. I'm ready. Oh, oh shit. You know, oh, now, that, shit. now that I'm thinking about it, I had a dream that we were hanging out with Catherine and Michael. Like, we went to some convention, Aww. and we got, like, a backstage pass to meet them, and we just, like, hung out, and it was really cool and chill. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh man, that would be so cool. Like, uh, that would just be so cool. We need to ingratiate ourselves into their into their lives. We tried. Part of that world. If um, so initially, I don't know if I ever I told you this. I assume I did because I tell you everything. But um. The Letters 2 series, initially yeah. they were going to fly everybody out to do that in person. <gasps> what the actual goddamn fuck? Oh, stupid Panini. God damn it. That would have been awesome. Right? That would have been fucking amazing. Fucking Panini. Oh, my God. The fucking panda. Yes. Yes, I can imagine. I, like, Yeah. That would have been fucking wild. Oh. Oh, that makes God, that would have been cool, right? Heart hurt. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm sad. <laughs> I, di- I didn't intend this. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I mean, you have met Catherine, so... I have met Catherine. I have. I. You're right. You know what? It's a good thing that we didn't go there because my voice would have hit things that I didn't know it could do. <laughs> they would have seen how sweaty I was, and I hate that for me. Oh no. Uh. You know. No, no. You just would have worn a sleeveless top, so that you could show off your sick tattoo. Shit. That would be pretty fucking sick. Oh, shit. Shit. Oh. oh. And then I could have talked about my love of the series and 
it's gone on forever. My body. <laughs> did I? Oh God. Okay. Speaking of that whole thing, did I ever tell you that I didn't tell Corey that I was on that, and he found the video unrelated and was watching it and was like, "Is that Alex?" <laughs> oh my God! Really? Yeah. <laughs> he reached out to me about it like a few months after we started playing. He was like, "Um, I was just watching this video, <laughs> and there you are." <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. That's hilarious. That It was very funny. <laughs> Cracked me up. Uh, does he know he did the interview with Michael Grant? I don't know. <laughs> he'll, fi- he'll find that next month. <laughs> I only work with these people on Animorphs projects. There's some... <laughs> There's no reason they would know this about me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Am I a jackass? Why don't no. I tell people these things? Because it, you know, unless unless it's, like, brought up in a certain way, like, you know, you just don't think to do it. That's true. I feel like what are your Animorphs credentials would be, like, but I guess the only one that would really care about that is Austin, and he already knew. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. We're all just doing our Maybe best. Maybe I should bring it up casually. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. <sighs> By the way, would you like to know the other Animorphs projects that I've been on? <laughs> I should change my profile picture back to Catherine and I. Oh. Hmm. But then it wouldn't be Pony and I anymore, so... Oh. It's a big decision. Oh, okay. So you have to choose between Pony and Catherine. <laughs> I can only <laughs> save one. Did I? Oh, my God. I Okay, I know I told you this story, but I'm not sure I've told it on the podcast before. I didn't realize that I had met Catherine right before Mother's Day. So when I changed my profile picture after meeting her, a lot of people thought, were like, that's a great picture of you and your mom. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I like... Then I caught on, but oh, like no. for a while, people kept talking the, about the picture of me and my mom, and I was like, "What? What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> I wish she were my mom. I said that multiple times. Don't you worry. <laughs> it's my dream mom. Oh my god! Oh, fucking hell! That's right. <sighs> Speaking of fucking hell, I don't know. Is that a good segue? Sure. Speaking of, um, yeah, <laughs> Nazis. Uh, front lines. You are sixteen. You, you are, are Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> it's true. Oh boy. Oh boy. Shit's getting real in this fucking book. Yeah, it is. Like, okay, so the thing that got me most about this section that we read was that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, and it felt a little too real for me, personally. (laughs) Like, don't do this. I'm already feeling helpless and angry. Like, why are you... (laughs) explaining to me that this gargantuan war that we had was made up of people just being like where should we run i don't fucking know like don't 
You hated it because it was too realistic. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you... This, like... Listen, I'm incredibly naive when it comes to the war times. I just assume that people sort of knew what was going on and how to do th- yeah. like I've heard about wars that were like grossly mismanaged and like really horrible and you know like I feel like Vietnam was was like one of them that you hear about that was like really fucked up. I mean all wars are fucked up, but like Vietnam in particular, like I feel like I hear that it was like very unplanned and like it was very just kind of like ah oh, whatever. But like Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, in my naive fucking brain, I thought World War Two was a little bit better. But and I mean, this is obviously a fictional, you know, take on it. But I don't think that part is. No, <laughs> I think that's pretty. That's pretty fucking spot on. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Fucking Lieutenant Leifer. Yeah. Throw her in the trash. I would throw her in the trash gladly any day. Oh my god. Like uh, But fucking fucking Rainy though. Sorry, not to oh, derail already. No, what talk about Rainy. She's great. What 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 can I say about Rainy that hasn't been said? She's the fucking best character. I loved everything she did in here. Like, oh, she is She's going to fucking single-handedly win this war for us, I'm pretty <laughs> she's, sure. She's going to stab Hitler in the throat personally. <laughs> like, I... Listen, she fucking might, though. I I like, believe that. She's like... She's going to work her way to the top. I'm just... I really... Okay. Like, she showed a little bit of vulnerability in this part, obviously, but, like, compared to... The others, I just, I feel like she's superwoman, and that's not a bad thing, necessarily. I'm just like, when is she gonna break? You know what I mean? I feel like we just got the the first hint of it Mm -hmm. at, like, the where we left off with her in the book. Like, that was the first time where she was like, I may be in a little bit over my head at this point. Yeah! (laughs) But, like... You know, I feel like she would have like puked or something when she got to the to the ground and and just been like, "Oh my god, I was just talking to that guy, and now he's dead, and I I am fucked." And blah, you know, I don't know. No way, she's she is so good at compound. Jesus Christ, it's not like I talk a lot or anything. <laughs> you don't talk for a living. <laughs> I don't. I don't talk for a living. She is so good at compartmentalizing and, like, setting it aside. That's true. That's true. Oh, man. She's... Oh, my God. She's such a bad... And, and may I say, Frangi also, like... Oh, fuck yeah. Frangi! Treating these fucking people who are actively insulting her and dehumanizing her and her just, like, not only, like, treating them in the first place, but also she's starting to be like, hey... Shut up and get him on the table. Like, fuck you. And I just, Mm -hmm. I love that for her. And I just, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. (sighs) I fucking love that for her. And like, oh my God. She, so Frangie and then Rainy, I think are like two 
of those incredible characters that you're like, these are, they're so strong and they're so decisive and like all, like all these good things in two completely different ways because mm-hmm. Frangie just being like, hey, we're getting out of here. And she's with a patient who has almost no hope of living through this. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, it's my patient. This is my job. Go. Like, yeah. I'm staying behind with this guy. Yeah. Like, Man. it's, yeah. She's just so good. Like, she's such a fucking good person. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, other people, and, you know, it, it's brought up multiple times in this book, like, in the hit, in the heat of battle, people run, people panic, people throw away their guns, people drop shit so that they can get away faster. And she is actively being like, this guy's probably going to die, but I'm going to stay with him because it would suck if I left. Like, that's just like amazing to me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that I love her. That's incredible. It's like. Frangie and and Rainy are who we want to be, and then Rio is like who we probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the scene where she has to shoot at the at the top, <gasps> shivers like chills, like yeah. Oh my god. Oh uh, the the very first shot where she's just like no he just tripped mm-hmm. he's he fell down it's like oh boy mm-hmm. like her brain just can't connect it right away mm-hmm. and and like the second shot when she realizes she did hit him she like she utters the sob and then the third one mm-hmm. she's like i don't want to shoot any more people she shoots another one and sh- this like cry of like horror and triumph comes out of her and I can just hear it in my ears and I'm just like oh my god it's so much it's so so much (sighs) yikes oh man damn yikes Mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> uh, it's like these these chapters were so fucking intense just one after the other like Michael Grant is so good at writing <laughs> like, he is and like oh it just ramped up so much it did it truly like I can't even believe we're reading the same book as before, because before it was just like, here's a bunch of information and like, here's all the characters and they're like, you know, they're fine. Like, it's all good. And then these chapters are just like, yeah, no, they're fucked. Nothing is fine. fine. No one's good. I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Well, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, Should I start recapping i guess so because otherwise we'll just keep saying things that happened with no context <laughs> i know i felt bad about that rio bit because it's like well i'm gonna recap that but also like i just wanted to point that out as like just a singular moment that i was just like holy shit this is so crazy 
It was wild. That <sighs> whole moment was astounding. Mm. It's oh fuck yeah. Damn it, Michael! Stop it! Yeah, damn it, Michael! All right. Um. Oh, sorry. Let me do the page numbers before we go. All right. So this is chapter. Okay, I will. This is chapter twenty-five, and then we stop at the beginning of chapter thirty-two. Page numbers for the physical copy are three seventy-four to four fifty-eight. All right. All right. Yeah. Here we go. All right, so for just a quick recap, uh, Rio's company just landed on the beach, and Kerwin just got shot and is dead. Um, so we are back there with Rio, and somebody is screaming at them to get the fuck off the beach, and Rio is happy about this because that means she gets to get away from Kerwin's death. Um, I mean, she's not happy, but, you know, she's happy to comply. Um, so Mm -hmm. she starts, she panics and just tries to stand up and somebody yells at her to stay low, you idiot. Um, and that was Jack and he realizes he was insulting Rio and he goes to apologize to her while gunfire and grenades are going on around them. So priorities, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) if only Dr. Ellie Sattler was here to be like, we'll talk about sexism and, and, uh, (laughs) How does she put it in Jurassic Park in life and death scenarios yeah, after yeah, yeah. I get back? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this book needs more Laura Dern. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I didn't I couldn't put my finger on what would have improved this book, but you just did. <laughs> if there's ever a movie, Laura Dern needs to somehow be in it. Mm-hmm. There you go. All the parts. She could do any of the parts, honestly. I don't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> I love she that. could be Rio. I don't care. She could be Rio. I'm a 16-year-old girl. I don't um, it's Laura Dern. Are you, what are you gonna I mean, do? Argue with her? Go be a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, Laura. You're good. <laughs> All right. We've we've casted we've started casting everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone she, she'll just matters. play everyone. She'll just play everyone. She could play every part. A movie of just Laura Dern's. Can you imagine? I would watch it. Oh my god. I I can. <laughs> and I love it. Sam Neill gets like a small like background part. But otherwise it's just Laura Dern. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, he can do like some really like minor role where he like brings her like yeah. some weapon or yeah. something in a really cool moment. Yeah. And then he has to go. <laughs> He's just the serving boy brings her a glass of wine and leaves. Yeah. Oh my god. Hell yeah. This movie's great that we've made. I love this movie. This is my new favorite movie. (laughs) Laura Dern, the Derninning. The Derninning. (laughs) Derninator. Wow. Anyway, wow. Um... (laughs) So yeah, uh, Leifer is yelling at everybody to get the wounded on the boats. The boats are gone. They've retreated. Um, and Rio's wondering what they're going to do with Kerwin because he has to go home. But um, Cole is shouting at them and she runs towards the sound of his voice and trips over Cat Preeling, who is kneeling in the sand. And it occurs to Rio to get out her rifle and she sets it up in the kneeling position, but then realizes she is aiming right at Cole, who informs her that if she shoots him, he will be very irritated with her, which I loved. That was funny. Um, that was funny. 
Cole tells them that according to the British, they are on the wrong beach and they want to be two miles in a completely different direction. And everybody starts moaning and groaning about this. Um, And then Janu asks where Kerwin is. And all Rio can manage to say is he's not coming. Um, Jack catches her eye and starts to move forward as though to comfort her, but then he kind of thinks better of it. Um, And everybody kind of shuts up after this and Cole starts leading them off the beach and tells them to keep low. And they manage to find themselves in a natural formed ditch that allows them to stand up. And then they start talking about what just happened. Apparently it was an Italian shooting at them, not a German, but uh, Cole basically took care of it. Um, And somebody asks if they're going to evacuate Kerwin. Cole tells them to shut up and keep their intervals. A runner comes up and yells mustard. And Janu is the only one who remembers to yell back ketchup, which I found surprising um because yeah me too yeah because you know yeah like (laughs) not 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 my first guess of who would have remembered that but she's literally the only one who remembers which i kind of actually loved that huh um i want i mean great things to come i guess for for yeah (sighs) ah um so with this interruption, uh, Rio is taking the opportunity to wipe some of the blood from her hands and her rifle, but she feels as though this is wrong and she's destroying evidence of Kerwin's life and memory. Um, Luther Gear bends down and asks her if Kerwin's dead and she like, she just like throws up and she's trying to do it discreetly and Stick tells Gear to leave her alone. Um, the runner informs them they're going the wrong way and they need to go inland until they find a road. And that the platoon only has one jeep now. The other has been destroyed. Cole is super pissed about this because their squad is the furthest south, which means they have to take point. Um, He turns to Rio and asks if she's all right. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I just had some delayed seasickness. And he knows this is a lie. And he says, don't dwell on it. Put it aside. Put it in a box. And don't open that box until after. Fucking great line. Like, Mm -hmm. oof. Like, he's telling her to compartmentalize, like, like focus on the task and you can warn him later. Like, oh, man, it was really good. Mm. Did you? So when that when I read that line, I totally read it as after the entirety of the war. Yeah. Like, yeah. After. after OK. Yeah, I did, too. Hell, yeah. <sighs> it's it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. So then Cole tells Gear to take point and Gear kind of argues with him, but Cole just like very calmly tells him like, like, I'm telling you what to do. You, you're on point. And um, mm-hmm. he tells Rio to kind of be behind him and watch his back. And Stick advises her not to watch Gear, but to look past him. And Rio is very glad for the advice. Um, and Cole's not going to be too far from point, but he's not going to be so far up that he will be the first one shot. Absolutely nobody wants him to get shot because he seems to be the only one who knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the night is freezing cold and they're making their way down the road and Rio is just looking around, her head swiveling, listening for the enemy. Um, and Tilo starts asking her how Kerwin died. And she considers just pretending to ignore him, but she tells him he took a you know a bullet to the neck and the chest, and Tilo kind of passes it down the line, 
and she says it was fairly quick, maybe two minutes, but she thinks that two minutes is a long time for a dying man to think about the things he'll never experience. Another good line! Jesus, Michael! Why are you doing this? <sighs> um, she's just like fucking line after line in this book. He is just hitting us with like wild shit. Yeah, really heavy hitting shit. Like he just This is why I asked you last um last time if he like was in the military cuz like obviously I don't know anything about fighting in a war or a battle, but like this just it just, he just seems to hit it so well. He just seems to kind of like understand it so well. Mhm. Which again, I yeah, not that I, I would know, but <laughs> I mean, no, but like I just I just feel like he's just such a strong storyteller that like mm-hmm. it it is always so intense. Mhm. Yeah, and he just like he comes up with these really heavy hitting lines because I just think he like really thinks about what the characters would be going f- through emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. He's just really good at like, I don't know. He's just really good at writing. <laughs> he's just, he's really good at writing. And like, I have to imagine he's probably taking some of this flavor from like stuff that he learned from his dad because his dad was mm-hmm. in Vietnam, I think. Mm hmm. I could be wrong about that, but um, I know his dad was in the military and fought, so he I'm sure he's got to be taking some of the flavor from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Rio is um, she's longing to look at the pictures in her pocket. She wants to push down this terrible new memory, and she thinks about how Kerwin's death makes Rachel's death, death feel more real. Like how Rachel was alive in her mind for one minute and then just completely gone the next. And she really had to imagine Rachel's death, but there was absolutely no imagining Kerwin's. Like, she was there. It's another, another, like, it just keeps coming. (laughs) Oh, what, what, like, really got me when they started talking about that one was she was like, well, Rachel's death happened, but it was just so far away. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't. It didn't seem possible. And I was like, oh, man. Okay, so, like, that, not only is that, like, just a great line for, like, what Rio's going through, but, like, all of the people that had siblings that died mm-hmm. in the war, like, because that's, oh, man, my my grandma had a sibling that died in the war and another one that was caught and was in a prisoner of war camp for several years. And they thought he was, he was, he was, pronounced dead because it was like four years that he was missing wow. with absolutely no contact wow and like she it was her brother that she loved and like the age gap between them was so huge that he had kind of raised her um after her dad died mm-hmm. and like that line of just like it was just so far away i couldn't fathom it like that feels so true to the experience of the people that like lost siblings but were never there themselves mm-hmm. like from everything i've heard yeah <sighs> and like we don't really get sort of a a sense of this i don't think but like i i wonder how close rio and rachel were yeah, we we have no idea. Yeah. So, 
so they are making their way through the desert in the dark, and for a long time, Rio can only hear the crunching of boots and the helmet rustling on the top of her ears. She wants to adjust the helmet lining, but she's not going to do it right now. And they were taught that the helmets were supposed to stop shrapnel, and they would absolutely not stop a bullet, but she'll take whatever armor she can get right now. Um, And then her mind starts to wander, and she starts thinking about Strand, and how he seemed a little bit distant after his last letter, and she wonders if they are boyfriend and girlfriend yet. And then she realizes what a ridiculous notion that is. It seems like it's from another life, almost. Um, and then she kind of starts thinking like, oh, Strand's probably really bored with me. He's probably dating some other lady. And she starts thinking about life after the war and how she would be the second person in her family to finish high school. But then what? Get married and have children? Maybe, but first she has a war to fight in. And like, this is the moment for me when I was like, okay, I really... I really get why she thinks about Strand in moments of darkness. Like, this is her escape out of her current situation. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment where it really clicked for me. And I I was not annoyed for once. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> this is escapism for you. Like, I understand now. <sighs> Help. I don't know. Oh, man. Like... I think I think just before, whenever she would do it, it's like, okay, yeah, like you're scared about what's coming, but you know nothing really bad has happened yet. But this time it was like something really bad happened, and yet she's still thinking about this. And I think that's really what made me, you know, realize. Um, I like when when I not that I got as as annoyed. I think, but when I read it, what really hit me was that. She kept, like, it really read to me like she was stumbling over the thoughts. Like, she was like, okay, like, here's my moment of escapism. And then after the war, what? Yeah. What, I'm going to go back to being a housewife that says, you just wait till your father gets Mm -hmm. home. Like, what? Like, no. (laughs) That's not me anymore. It's too late. Well, and it. It kind of throws back to like when we first met Rio and she was kind of trying to figure out what she wanted to be and, you know, just like her thinking like, oh, like, you know, I'm probably destined to be like a housewife or something. and But that doesn't really feel like mm-hmm. me. And, you know, seeing how she kind of feels about that now. And she's like, I can't even fucking think about it because I'm in the middle of a desert in Tunisia. Like, I don't know. I just I loved it. Yeah, I loved it a lot. Ugh. It was a good payoff. Mm-hmm. So they're walking and the sun is starting to rise and she can see stumps and trees and mountains in the distance. And she can also hear the distant sounds of artillery. And she really hopes that their troops can kill the enemy before they kill her. Um, at this point, Cole tells Gear to fall back and tells Rio to take point. And she's kind of like, oh shit, I'm in the front. Um, and she then realizes how very expendable they are, that the British commandos are the one with the experience and they're the ones that matter more. And the rest of them are basically just cannon fodder. Yep. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for this next bit. Okay. So yeah. she sees something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So she sees something in the road ahead and she throws up the hand signal to freeze. Cole tells them all to drop and take cover. He walks up to Rio and is like, hey, what's up? And she tells him that it looks like a man with a light. Cole agrees with this and tells her, advance slowly, issue the challenge. If anything happens, you hit the deck and we'll shoot. Um, And she sees that the man is standing near a small hut the size of a tool shed. And she approaches and shouts out mustard. There is no reply, so she readies her rifle and clicks off the safety and yells, mustard, answer, or I shoot. Uh, And the man just kind of replies, shallots? I don't know. Please don't shoot me. I'm not your enemy. (laughs) (laughs) So he he puts his hands up and she approaches him and she's like, okay, this guy isn't armed. And Cole has a couple people search the shed for booby traps. They examine this man. He's about 60 years old. He has a huge handlebar mustache that's like eating the bottom of his face. Um, And he's wearing an old ragged uniform with the old flag of France before it was occupied. And in the middle of the road, he put a stone there with some writing on it in chalk that says barricade. And (laughs) so I am not actually sure how to pronounce this guy's name. Um, Is it Lefer? Lefarve? Uh, I I heard it Lefavre. Lefavre? Um, Like Brett Favre? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I don't know. I, I, I don't care about football, but <laughs> but Brett Favre always drives me up the fucking wall because that's not how to pronounce it. Favre. 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 Okay. It, okay. If I, if I fuck it up, I'm so sorry. I don't French good. It's so, his- fine. It's this is the U.S. is our main base. You should probably say Lafarve. Lafarve. This is Sergeant this is Maxim Lafarve. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> called Lumiere because I'm a trash human. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, Sergeant Maxime Lefebvre. Um, I'm so sorry. I feel like a dick. Um, and uh, he explains that he has been returned to active duty and he was charged to set up a barricade to slow the advance of the American troops on the road. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And he goes on to explain that he set up a symbolic barricade and he lit a lantern so that the Americans don't trip when they go to kill the Germans. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's fucking awesome. I love this guy so much. This guy's the best. So, like, Cole understands what's going on, and Cole kind of shakes his hand, and he's like, jokes around, like, oh, sorry, I'm going to have to take you prisoner now. And the dude's like, yeah, it's cool. Also, my commander's a total dick. Do you and this girl want to come have a drink with me? And they go into his <laughs> hut and have brandy with him. This guy's the best. I love this guy. <laughs> And then uh, and then they're like talking or shooting the shit or whatever and Cole has to explain what snafu means and he's just like completely delighted by this. He's like, "Oh, that's hilarious." <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so uh yeah, they also commemorate uh, commiserate about divided France and then Leifer shows up and she's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" and Cole's trying to like explain <laughs> it to her. And Lefarve comments to Rio that he does not approve of women in the army. And she's like, yeah, well, shit's fucked, my dude. Um, and Leifer is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, basically. 
that's her attitude. He's like, <laughs> I don't know what the exact quote was, yep. but it, that was basically the essence of the conversation. Oh, it. I okay. I did love the the quote. This is not exact because this is just from memory. But it yeah. was something like, "I don't agree with women in the army." And Rio was like, "I don't agree with anybody in the army. This sucks." Yeah, <laughs> or like, like it's not a good place for women. And she's like, "It's not really a good place it's not for a anybody." Good place for anyone. <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh, so good. <laughs> it was such a good line. Ugh. I just yeah, yeah. It's great. Um. So. So Leifer's, Leifer tells this guy that he's not to inform the Germans that they passed through. And he's like, listen, all they told me was to erect the barricade. Anything else is not my fucking problem. Fuck my commander. And Leifer's like, okay, thanks. Yep. And leaves. Um, <laughs> like, literally, she's just like, all right, bye. Um, yep. And then Cole points to Lefebvre's medals, and he's like, yeah, I had two uncles in that war. One of them came home, but another is buried in France. And the guy replies that that was a very bad war, and he needs to take care of his people and leave no more dead Americans in France. Um, they share the last of the brandy, but then from outside, Janu yells, Sarge! Tanks! Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. Drink! Um, this su- This is where shit popped the fuck off. It does pop the fuck off. We had a nice conversation with a nice French guy, and then shit's gonna get bad. Yep. Um, as it turns out, tank is one of several words a soldier never wants to hear. So Rio runs out of the hut and she can hear the sound of a barely muffled engine with occasional backfires, cranking of gears, and the clanks of treads. Leifer tells Cole to deploy his squad and tells Garriman to send a runner back to Lieutenant Helder to get the 5th platoon into a defense position. And then she just fucking takes off in her jeep. Um, Garriman and Cole kind of put their heads together and figure out a plan to draw the enemy into the 5th platoon. And then they make a joke about not shooting Leifer when she comes back. Um, Cole starts shouting orders to his troop, and they are basically going to crouch in the right-hand side of the road. Milliken, Pang, and McGrath are going to handle the bazooka. Stick and Cat are going to be further back with the BAR. Janu is going to run ammo, and Cole, Tilo, and Rio go to the left-hand side of the road with their rifles. Everybody gets into their positions. Cole tells Rio and Tilo not to shoot at their own people, and Rio's just like, I'm shooting? Oh shit, I'm shooting. (laughs) Um, she sees the 5th platoon and the 3rd platoon further back, digging and getting ready, and Liefer then drives by and just yells, it's two German tanks and a lot of Italian infantry, and then she just leaves again. She gave no orders, just came by to issue a warning, which is, like, Mm -hmm. so sinister. Like, it really reinforces the idea that they are just cannon fodder. (sighs) Yep. Yikes. And this is, like, the first of many kind of things with her. Um, And, like, Cole is, like, rightfully pissed by this. Um, Tilo seems nervous, but Rio figures he will do what he needs to do, although she's not sure if she will. She only has about ten inches of dirt to cover her, and she can hear the tanks getting closer. And finally, she sees them crest the hills, and she realizes how pitiful her rifle will be against these absolute monsters. Um, There's a bunch of Italians marching with the tanks, and they seem very tired and weary, 
and Cole figures they haven't spotted the jeep or else they would have sent flankers. Um, Rhea looks behind the tanks and sees that the column stretches as far as she can possibly see, and there are easily, like, hundreds of men. The tanks get closer, and Cole says they'll shoot a few and then fall back, and but they should make their shots count because it discourages them if they actually hit somebody. And Rio can just, she can't form any words. She can only grunt and reply. Um, the bazooka team prepares as the tanks get within range, and finally they fire, and the rocket flies right over the lead tank, and the Italians are alerted, and they start dodging out to the sides of the road. At this point, a German staff car drives up, and a portly German officer in the back starts screaming at the Italian troops to the tune of, Get in front of the tanks. Um, Milliken fires the bazooka again, and it glances off the side of the tanks, and about the only thing it did was scare the tank commander out of the hatch. Um, a second later, the tank gun swivels towards the bazooka team. Cole yells at them to get out of there. Milliken drops the bazooka and starts running. McGrath also takes off, but Pang stays and grabs the bazooka and starts hobbling away with it. So he's, like, fucking risking his life to save the <laughs> piece of equipment. Um, mm-hmm. And a split second. The guy they thought was a traitor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I for- yeah. I forgot to mention that, I think, last mm-hmm. time. Um, so he- this guy is Hansu Pang, and he's apparently Japanese looking and instantly distrusted um, in the troop. And yet he's the one fucking grabbing the thing. So mm-hmm. freaking there we go. But yeah, so the tank fires at them and... It hits near them, but Rio can't tell if they were actually hit because there's just, like, dust obscuring everything. Um, Cole yells at them to fall back, but not for Tilo and Rio, because they're going to start shooting. And so Rio takes aim, and there are two Italian guys in front of her, and she mentally goes through these gymnastics of operating the two-stage trigger of the gun, and she's, like, trying to figure out, like, which one should I shoot? And Cole yells at her to shoot, and she just does compulsively. She doesn't see where the shot goes. Cole's shooting with his Tommy gun, and he tells them to keep shooting. She takes aim at another guy, and she shoots, and this guy falls to one knee. And this is where she tells herself, he just tripped, and it's fine. Then he starts clutching his thigh, and she realizes with horror that she actually hit him. Cole tells her to keep it up, and she turns her sight to another group of men, three or four, and she has to choose one. She shoots and she misses, except one of the men is falling backwards, crumbling to the ground, and she utters a sob. Tilo is next to her, his face white as a ghost, and she wonders if he has shot anybody yet. The bazooka squad is okay, and Janu is running with them. Uh, Cole tells Rio to fire again, and she absolutely just doesn't want to. But she picks a target, she shoots, and an animalistic cry of triumph and terror escapes her throat. Cole tells her, okay, that's enough, it's time to go. But he seems distant, and she has to make her brain connect to what's going on, but finally she rolls over and they start running. At this point, the Italians spot them, and they start yelling and shooting, and she and her squad runs towards the other platoon that's behind them, and that platoon opens up on the Italians, but she can already see them breaking away as the tanks start rolling up. She collapses into a hole in the ground, and Tilo rolls besides her and says he wasn't able to get off a shot, but it sounds like an excuse, because she shot at them. The Italians fall back a bit and let the tanks go ahead, the German officers screaming at them to proceed, but they seem hesitant to get shot, you believe it or not. (laughs) 
Um, Believe it or not. <laughs> they don't want this. Uh... Does not spark joy. <laughs> um, someone else fires off a bazooka and it goes off against the tank like a cream puff hitting a brick wall, which is great. I love that description. That's a great yeah. description. It does nothing. It does fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, um. The, the tank fires back and Rio starts hearing screaming and she is just firing with her rifle. She's not aiming. She's just making noise and just spending her bullets as best she can. Um, the tank fires again. It lands 30 feet from her and sprays her with dirt. And Cole is like, what, where the fuck is Leifer? And Garriman says that they're falling back. And Cole says, where? And Garriman says, fuck if I know, dude. Um... And they and all of the 5th Platoon start falling back and running. And Rio's running with Cole, and she's on the verge of panic. Um, there's a small howitzer manned by British commandos ahead of them. And she runs past them and drops into a foxhole, but it's already occupied by a British commando. He tells her to bugger off and keep running, and that they'll take care of the, of the Italians coming. Um, and she sees Cole arguing with the British captain, and the captain's basically telling Cole the same thing. And so Cole has no choice but to just command everybody to keep running, so they do. And we see one soldier throw his rifle away for better to run. It is outright panic now, and it's about to get worse. Like, fucking chaos. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And there's, like, no contingency plans either. Like, their plans were going awry from the very start of the mission. And, like, mm -hmm. there's absolutely no backup plans. No. No. <sighs> nope. Yep. I mean, that's, like, that's where you get all those stories from. Like, oh, yeah, they got, like, stuck behind enemy lines. They were delivered ten miles too far east and the U.S., planes ended up bombing their own people or like yeah that's that famous story of uh the the war pigeon gi joe who uh got shot up a bunch but he saved like i don't know a couple hundred people because he got the message back that they were in the wrong position and do not strafe them because it was their own people and like he Oh, he was shot like a bunch too i think he got shot like five times or something trying to deliver that message and still delivered it Oh, the Boromir of pigeons. War pigeon. He is the Boromir of pigeons. <laughs> Except he didn't die. He lived. And then, well, he did die because it was a long time ago, but he's like stuffed now. Well, so he like got riddled with bullets and he was still like, I'm going, man. He didn't die from uh -huh. his gunshot yeah. wounds. No. Wow. No. Did they just shoot him in the wings or something? Yeah. Uh, I know they got one of his legs. Okay. Um, they And then, yeah, I think they like... They got the wings. They got, like, clipped through his, his uh, keel a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so nothing... Yeah, because pigeons live without legs all the time. Just go to New York. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, do. they do very well without limbs. Yeah. Oh, man, that's badass. What a cool pigeon. Yeah. I know. His name is G.I. Joe. He's pretty fucking cool. G.I. Joe! <laughs> I love him. The best pigeon. I love him too. Oh man, what a, a great smart pigeon. idea too! It's like send pigeons because no one's gonna necessarily uh -huh. think to you know 
It's like it's like the Animorphs. It's just a pigeon. <laughs> it's just a pigeon. Just a carrier pigeon. I mean, I think they did know that they were using pigeons, so they would try to shoot down pigeons. I think that's why G.I. Joe was under such heavy fire. But, sure. like, it's a pigeon as well. Like, you know, if you send ten pigeons, you're not going to hit them all. Yeah. That's really cool. Anyway. Weren't the... Didn't the Germans, like, strap bombs on the dolphins or something, too? Uh, I think they tried that. I I don't know which one. It it might have been Russians, actually. They seem to be all about the cetacean wars. But... um, I just remember that being a thing. I think... Yeah, it was tried multiple times. And, like... They just, they're constantly getting these programs shut down. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, I think they thought there was spy dolphins for a while too. Like they were putting spy cameras. I know they put pinhole cameras on pigeons again and took pictures with pigeons. Cool. Like aerial photos. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Animal spies, animal spies. I think they tried to do something similar with dolphins. But I don't. I believe that was like way less successful for yeah. some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, my favorite mm-hmm. thing though is Dolphins the eagles that they train to take down drones. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking badass. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Those golden eagles. Yeah. Those are that is fucking cool. Yeah. Uh... All right. Are you ready for different incompetency? Yes. Alright. So let's go see what Rainy's doing. Um Ra- <gasps> Rainy! Rainy! Rainy the best. Um unfortunately for Rainy, she has been assigned to glorified secretary at General Lloyd Frendendall's headquarters in Maktar, Tunisia. Not so far from where everyone else is, but she doesn't know that yet. Um most of the work related to her training and skills is being handled by men, and it sucks. Um and there's something about the general built his headquarters in a very inconvenient place. And it's ru- he's rumored to be building tunnels into the hills to protect himself from air raids. So he is not in high opinion of Rainy. For Rainy. She doesn't like him. Um, it's also fucking freezing cold where she is. And Rainy is currently upset that English speaking people do not know how to write English correctly. And she's ranting about it to Staff Sergeant Pooley, who is her office mate, and he's just sitting there listening patiently. And he finally tells her that her language skills are commendable and she should consider herself commended. <laughs> and she, she considers she considers telling him to fuck off, but decides against it because he's actually a pretty okay as a person. Um, I enjoyed that yeah. that exchange. She's right, though. The difference between their tanks are coming through and their tanks are coming through. Yeah, yeah. Depending on ownership. It does kind of matter, though. Yeah, yeah. But also, Pooley doesn't give a shit, because no one gives a shit in Pooley this area. No one. Uh, it sucks when, like, you have one person who's actually trying to, like, do their job well and be good and competent, and everyone else just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, yep. So she, let's see, Pooley gets a phone call and it says that she is needed in a staff meeting because they need someone to take notes. Um, but you know, she's got that attitude where she's like, if, if, if I'm going to be doing this shitty thing, I'm going to do it 
10 times better than anyone else could. Um, which I love her for that. Um, so she- God, I love that so much. <laughs> I wish I had half that attitude. <laughs> I wish I cared that much. <laughs> I wish I cared about anything that much. Yep. So she gets all her shit together, all her pencils, and she heads into the conference room. Colonel Jasper is there and his staff, and they're looking at a large map. Um, and apparently the colonel is very bad at commanding respect and cannot tell the difference between an incompetent person and a smart one. Brainy takes notes in the meeting. It's about some intelligence that came in regarding Germans launching or preparing to launch an attack. And she faithfully takes notes, but she really doesn't need to because the dudes are just talking in circles and not offering any actual concrete progress. <coughs> Politicians. Imagine that. I know. Sorry. That's not a thing that, that, that anybody knows about in nope. life or in any context. just white men talking (laughs) again and again oh my god (laughs) well and like the 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 real kicker is that after they you know decide to they like decide to send a note to the general or whatever and then they start talking about like something else around the office in a much more passionate way (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just they're talking about like a water cooler or a propane heater or something. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, getting the propane heaters around the the giant yeah. historical aqueducts. Because that's the thing that really matters. Ugh. Yeah, we gotta be. Oh, there's thousands of our men dying on the front lines, and like they're gonna be completely fuck blah, blah. Oh my god, get the heaters out here! It's <laughs> kind of chilly. Oh my well, god, where are my snacks? Fuck. <laughs> Uh, yep. Um, the audacity of a white man! Assholes. Um, but there's a brief mention, there's one guy in the room that is Lieutenant Colonel Clay, and he's apparently kind of a dick, and kind of just, you know, has no sense of humor, but he has more energy than anyone else in the outpost. Um... And as in regards to the others, Rainey wonders if it is treason to contact Washington and tell them that these men are completely incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she would. I wish she would as well. God, I would. I would love to read that letter to Washington. <laughs> these men are trash. Get rid of them. These these men are trash. Send new ones that know what they're doing. Yes fucking mediocre dudes who are getting paid way too much uh, and care so little about the lives of people that are actually being affected and dying yeah yeah oh god and in the similar vein she there's a note about how she envies the frontline troops because at least they know what they're doing and it's just like they oh, don't ah you don't know though <laughs> Yeah, you super don't know. Oh my god, what if Rainy like Oh god, cuz like at the end of at the end of this part, you know, obviously we know what happens, but like what if she eventually just like works her way up the ranks and becomes like a general or something? I I would love that. I'd love that too. I would love that. Rainy for just president. Creates, like Rainy for president. If she headed up like an intelligence agency, I would also love that. She's like the Leslie Nope. 
of this story. Oh my god. She's surrounded by people. She's like if Leslie knows. Like she's surrounded by people who don't give a shit and she's like the driving force of like we have to do something and I just I love that. She's like if Leslie Nope was like hardcore. Yeah. And like uh, Yeah. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh, I love this. Yeah. God. Yeah, she's gonna fucking I'm so excited to see where she's at at the end of this. It's gonna be Yeah, me too. Amazing. Um so yeah, frontlines know what they're doing. They don't actually know, but she doesn't know that. Um, she heads back to her desk and types up the notes, and she knows that they will just be filed away somewhere and never to be seen again. Yay. All fun. Um, at that point, Colonel Clay busts in, and he's like, where the hell is the interpreter? And Rainey knows that said interpreter is in town visiting a prostitute. So she's like, Hey, hi, I read and speak German. I could help you out. And Clay looks very surprised by this, but Pooley vouches for her. And she convinces Clay that she has the security clearance to do this. And he finally admits her into his office. Um, And she looks around at the walls. Uh, They're covered in maps, but they're also covered in drawings of fish done in oil crayon. And she identifies one of the fish and he's like, oh, you know fish? And they just like fucking talk about fish for a little bit. And I guess he decides that she's okay because she knows some fucking fish. She I know. knows about fish. Knows about fish. We share a similar interest. <sighs> Fuck it. But like, also, you know, Rainy walks in. She's like, oh, that's a steelhead. And like, like she knows how to like find connection points with people. Like... This just felt yeah. like this is my way to ingratiate myself into this man and like really prove that I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I mean, she would have done that anyway, but like I don't know. It just felt maybe I'm reading into it. Maybe I'm just like, oh, it's kind of strategic. No, no, you okay, no, you're totally not because I like I feel like the fish like identification thing, like that was a stretch. Like that was almost like an accidental, like she stumbled into it, but like she's clearly still seeking it out. And she totally turns it around when he starts talking like, oh, I tie my own lures. And she's like, this is the moment where he needs to feel superior to me so we can yeah. make this connection. And she goes, oh, I totally, like, I wish I had that skill. I totally defer to you. And like, yeah, she totally used that to manipulate that guy. And and when he's like, oh, you know, fish, she like kind of downplays and she's like, well, you know, I went to camp and, like, you know, we did some fishing there. She kind of is, like, you know, like you said, trying to make him feel superior. So, like, I kind of know about fish, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know as much fish about fish as you do, sir. Like, it felt yeah. very much like it was so. <sighs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so, so like, good. It's so fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Rainy strikes me as a type of person that, like, knows a little bit about everything fuck yeah yeah like she fuck goes out of her way to kind of learn a little bit about everything and like files it away for later like oh shit she could run a heist like she could lead a team of kick-ass women and do a jewel heist or some shit oh hell yeah oceans eight oceans eight. rainy's 11 rainy's 11 yeah 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 I want a rainy heist <laughs> book now. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Get Michael Grant on the phone. Yes. We need a heist book with Rainy. We need a spin-off. <laughs> they have to like steal some German intelligence thing. Or like a secret Nazi relic. Yes. Oh. They have to shoot Hitler. <laughs> Kill Hitler. Uh, I'd read the shit out of that. Me too. Fuck. Fuck. So good. Fuck. Six of crows. Six of rainies. <laughs> um, Six of rainies. Oh my god, I just realized Six of Crows has, like, we're doing the whole, like, number theme for the heist book thing. It's kind of Ocean's 11, Ocean's 8, you know. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Numbers in it. Numbers. Dude. That's... <laughs> shit. Shit. All right. Oh, shit. Ugh. Okay, fish. What's this fucking guy's name? Sorry. Clay. Clay. His name's Clay. So Clay shows her the transcriptions from the German radio intercepts, and she studies it for a few minutes. She, like, she fucking, like, sits down at his desk without being invited, which I fucking loved. Um Um, and she translates one of the messages says something about short of brandy we'll need more brandy and she figures out that brandy probably means fuel and another is talking about is post available which is code for artillery support etc etc colonel clay gets the gist of it and dismisses her and later that day finds out she has been reassigned to his staff and even though it's technically a step down working for a lieutenant colonel instead of a regular colonel she at least knows she will be doing something useful and not working for a complete idiot Yay! Yup. So things are looking up. Things are looking up. Well, I'd take a step down to work for somebody more competent any day of the week. Yeah, it's all about that. Yep. Yep. Well, things are looking up for Rainy. They're not looking up for Rio. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're still running yeah. and panicking and. The third platoon has now abandoned their holes and are running with them. There is no more bragging about how tough they are and how the Germans better look out now that the Americans are here. They're all just completely licked. Um, they're running away from the sounds of shells and mortars and guns, and they come across Lieutenant Leifer in the Jeep, and she's not looking so confident. And everybody kind of mills around the Jeep, and they're looking for guidance and a better plan than run away. Um, she is proclaiming there's no defensible ground nearby and they have to just keep falling back. And Cole argues that they could hide in the rocks and back up the commandos while they try for artillery or air support. But Leifer's just like not having it. She's dismissing everything he suggests, um, insisting that they have to pull back. And Cole is like, we'll be leaving the British hanging. And she says they can take care of themselves and their, and their priority should be to their own men. And then she launches into the whole, like, I am your superior officer, and since you're being insubordinate, I'm demoting you for arguing with me. Which, like, fuck off. Like, Cole has an idea, and you just want to, like, save your own skin. Like, fuck you. (sighs) Yeah. Plus, like, I immediately trust Cole way more now that I know that he's been demoted a few times already for insubordination. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm never leaving this guy. Like, he knows what the fuck is up here. Well, and that's what Rio's dad said, right? 
mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. like, like, yep. attach yourself to your sergeants because they're the ones who are going to be looking out for you. The other officers yes. are not. Yep. Holy shit. I just realized that now. Yup. Oh, man. So, yeah. Leafers. Ugh, gross. Get out of here. Uh, so as she's like screaming at Cole, the GIs around them just start moving and they figure the argument's over and they should just bail while they can. Leafer leaves in her Jeep again and Gear makes a sexist remark and Cole just basically snaps at him like, Private Rickland was out shooting people and has a confirmed kill. What the fuck do you have? And this shuts him up, but he shoots a glare at Rio and Jack looks at her with a very troubled expression. <sighs> Which... I imagine we'll unpack later. Um, yeah, I guess. I'm like, like, don't judge her. Like, yeah, fuck you. You're at. You're in a fucking war. She's just twenty minutes ahead of what you're gonna have to be fucking doing. Yeah, like this is like this is like some strand bullshit. Like, oh, Rio, you killed someone. That's not something that women should do. Like, that's how I read it. Maybe that's not right. <laughs> I hope it's not right. But that, like, I read it, I read it like it was like that. And then I was like, there's no way, right? Like, this has to be more like, oh, my God, I hope she's okay. But I'm not allowed to say anything because, like, we're yeah. saying rank. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping it's that just based on his thing earlier when she was like, yeah, Kerwin's not coming. And he kind of wanted to, like, comfort her. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's that. But also, I read it as, like oh, no, you shot someone? I'm going to look at you differently. I mean, of course you're going to look at somebody differently, but, like, in a in yeah. a compromising way. Right, <sighs> right, in a judgmental yeah. way. Yeah. Jack. Yeah, I, I hope we're wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. That would be stupid of him. I mean, I don't really care about them, like, being in love or whatever, but, like, from, like, a I got your back kind of way, I hope it's mm-hmm. in a good way. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they have no other choice and they're just going to keep running and walking and running when they can. Um, and Rio knows full well that the commandos could have just been wiped out. Um, and some while later, she and Janu are walking next to each other. And it kind of reminds her of when they used to walk together in Jedwell Falls, except now they have rifles and ammo and dread in their hearts. Janu is despairing about not being at a desk and having to surrender and they're going to be prisoners in war camps. Um, and Rio's just thinking about how fucking screwed they are and they don't know where they're going and they've been beaten. Tilo asks her if she really did shoot one of the Italians and Milliken chimes in that he saw it. Rio argues that the guy might have tripped, but Milliken shakes his head and insists that she shot that guy good and she does not feel good about this. Um... And then Luther, ugh, fucking Luther. Um, so he starts to get all butthurt. He's like, well, I probably killed some guys too, but I couldn't tell because there was so much dust and smoke. And it's like, fuck off. Oh, fuck off. <sighs> I hate you so much. What a dick. He's such a dick. Give me your kitten and go die somewhere. For real. <laughs> you don't deserve a kitten. You're a shitty person. Um, <laughs> you don't deserve a kitten or a life. <laughs> you don't have a dad or a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I just had a thought. I just had a yeah. thought. Okay. They get into another battle. Luther gets horrifically injured. They bring him to Frangie. Frangie can't save him, but Frangie adopts the kitten. This is my dream. Aww. This is a good dream. Because Frangie likes animals. It like, makes sense. She loves him. She loves them. She needs a little friend. The kitten can bring her gauze and stuff. Oh, so cute. <gasps> oh, like a, like a therapy cat. Oh. Like a fucking, like, <laughs> oh, Alex. I love this. Oh. I love this so much. My dream. Oh, okay. I just made myself happy. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Luther's bitching about his bullshit and then McGrath and Cole simultaneously shout plane um Rio sees the plane she hopes it's on their side but then realizes after a few seconds that this is definitely an enemy plane it's a Stutka a Stuka a German plane it's got the swastika on it it's bad um she looks around and there's absolutely nowhere to hide she grabs Janu and starts running off the road into the dirt um, the plane shoots at the road for like a quarter of a mile before flying to where she last saw the commandos and she sees two bombs drop from its carriage. There's an earth shaking boom as they explode on the ground. Um, Cole tells them to keep moving cause the plane might come back, but the plane is occupied where it is. It's firing its machine gun at their guys. Um, and then they hear the tanks moving as if they are no longer held back by the commandos and the tanks are coming after them. Oof. And people just start, like, abandoning their packs and rifles in order to run faster. And they end up running and walking for about five miles until they run into Leifer. And she has three trucks with her. And they all pile into the trucks. Um, And just, the Germans had been squeezed in between the British and the Americans. They should have been forced to surrender or flee. But somehow managed to push the Americans north and west towards Tunis. And Rio thinks they are tougher than we are. Like, they just got their asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Let's go back to Rainy, because she's great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's, do uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love Rainy. Let's do it. Rainy's the fucking boss. Um, Rainy is the fucking best. <laughs> ah! Um, so she gets summoned back into Colonel Clay's office. When she gets there, there are two other men she doesn't recognize. And Captain John Herkemeyer is there. I think it's John. Captain Herkemeyer is there. The guy on the train. Um, yeah. The guy who, who put her in the position. Um, they shake hands and Clay is like, so I understand I have this guy to thank for your services. And he says, you come from criminal stock and Rainey is about to reply to this, but he cuts her off and says he considers it to be a plus that there are too many well-bred, well-bred gentlemen in military intelligence and not enough aggressive Jewish women with a potential for criminality. Um, Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. He called her like a Jewess or something. Um, yeah, he called I, her a Jewess, an angry yeah. Jewess with a proclivity for crime. And I'm yeah. like, okay. if that was the headline on a book, I'd fucking pick it up. 
<laughs> Jewish criminal women. Um, doing crimes. Doing crimes. Uh, um, Rainy doesn't really know what to make of this comment. She thinks it's kind of offensive, but she also recognizes this could be a prelude to something worthwhile. So she just says, yes, sir. Um, because that's a safe option. Um, Herkemeyer starts explaining his deal. Um, he pulls out a map and puts it on the desk. And he says his division is retreating and getting hit hard. They got some radio chatter that they had sent to HQ. And turns out those are the same transcripts that Rainey was able to translate. From that, they were able to triangulate a theory. And Rainey interjects that it's a supply column crossing the desert and looking to rendezvous with the German armored thrust. And all of the men just, like, look at her in shock, and Herkemeyer just winks mm-hmm. at her. <laughs> so she's just, like, fucking showing these assholes up. Um, Fuck yeah. And he he's kind of like, where do you think they're going to rendezvous? And she kind of, like, stares at the map for several minutes and, like, logics her way through it, and everybody's watching her, and then she kind of feels very self-conscious about it. Um, and then the major's like, um, anyway... We have nothing to combat the armored column, and we only have scattered elements to work with. The lieutenant mentions that there's a small force, two platoons that were supposed to buttress a British commando mission, but the commandos got trounced pretty badly, and the remainder are trying to head back to the beach, but they are going entirely the wrong direction towards a German force, and they have no radio contact. Um, The major suggests they should send somebody... What? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's just such a bad situation to be in. Like, I know I read it, but, like, hearing it out loud is just, like, this is so bad. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. It's astounded. It is bad. Like, it's, like, why don't they have backup radios? Like, why don't they have, you know, like, nobody knows... they're in foreign land. Like, nobody knows where the fuck they're going. They've been, like, turned around multiple times. So, you know what's, like, so funny about this that just occurred to me? Is that um, there is a guy on TikTok where I do all of my things now. Um, <laughs> there's a guy on there that's that's a veteran that fought in Iraq. And he does, like, all sorts of different, like videos generally on like PTSD and stuff like that but one of the things he talks about is like I don't understand why everybody is worried that they're gonna get microchip and tracked because I can tell you the US government does not know where the fuck you are ever like you you can have 20 (laughs) guys in a car in the desert they don't know where you are they can't find you oh my god and it's just like it still happens today, even with all the technology. Like, oh, there's geez. still these scenarios. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously tracking somebody like that can be easily abused, easily, you know, taken over and, you know, used very badly. But, like, also... they got to be able to do it first. Yeah. <laughs> There are definitely upsides to it in in like a wartime situation. I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> Nobody knows where the fuck they are. Nobody uh. knows where the fuck they are. Yeah. Ugh. It's bad. Um, so bad. 
So yeah, that's the that's the scenario. The major suggests they should send somebody with a radio who speaks German and could monitor any continuing chatter. Rainey's like, hey, I know somebody who could do that. And Herkemeyer shakes his head no at her, but Rainey says they just give me a Jeep and a driver, I'll carry the orders. And Clay is like, how commendable of you, but actually you're going to be jumping out of an airplane. And before Rainey can stop <laughs> herself, she says, I can do that. <laughs> ah, she's such a mess. I love Rainy. I love Rainy so much. I wish I were half as cool as Rainy. I wish I were even a quarter as cool as Rainy. She's the fucking coolest. She's the fucking best. Like, she's just so eager to do things all the time, and I am not. <laughs> Just I just not. want to nap and eat cheese. I do. I'd be those old guys <laughs> arguing about the propane heater. Like, that's all the good <laughs> I'd be in a fucking war. Uh, to be fair, Rainy also complained about the cold. She just had an extra sweater instead of propane heaters, so. Yes. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Let's jump out of a plane. Wee. I love this. This is so cool. Oh, she's so fucking good. So fucking um, good. But first, we're going to see what Frangie's doing. And it's... Oh, right. Yes. Please. Fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> she is in the middle of the fucking desert. And there have just been American and British troops walking past her tent for, like, the entire day. Um, some of them, like, start to go in for medical care, and then they see the color of her skin and move on, but some don't seem to care at all, and others just make it into her tent and collapse, all energy spent, and all in all, she just has no shortage of patience. Um, she is currently trying to dig a bullet out of the middle of someone's collarbone meat, and she's being assisted by a private named Ren, and apparently Ren's deal was that he just, like, freaked out real bad in battle and he's just trying to make himself useful elsewhere which is very commendable um but yeah so he's holding a flashlight for her to see by uh the patient is a corporal and he's very angry that he's being treated by a black woman blah blah blah. and he keeps complaining that his wound hurts and she's trying to kill him and he wants morphine fuck off I wish she would. Just give him a little, like, huh, with the <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> um, and she's just, like, calmly trying to explain to this guy, like, sit still so I don't get an artery, and we're saving the morphine for urgent cases. Please chill. And she's having trouble locating the bullet. She accidentally probes one of his bones, and he howls in pain. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, but it also sucks, because Frangie has had no time to wash her hands between patients, and there's no, like, water to go around. Um, and she's using so many supplies, she has started demanding med kits from her patients as payment for her services. Um, the guy she's currently hell yeah. treating... Hell yeah. Take their shit. Get it. Take their shit. They're not, They're using, not using it. They're not using it. Yeah, Exactly. Um, her patient starts to say something, but his voice is dried up by the remaining guns going off. They are expecting to withdraw soon. They are running out of ammo, and a lot of their guns have been destroyed. So, like, she's, like, legitimately in the middle of, like, warfare battle situation treating these motherfuckers. 
Um, yep. <laughs> and they're still being fucking dicks to her. Yeah! Yep, yep, they sure fucking are. And she's just... Ugh. Patience of a saint. Um, and she finally finds the bullet and this guy's neck meets and starts inching it out while the ground is literally shaking around her. She pulls out the bullet, drops it on the ground, sprinkles some sulfur powder on the wound and wraps him up. And then he's like, thanks, Doc. And he just runs out of the tent back into the fray and Frangie just kind of sighs in a, like, what was even the point kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just stitched you up, you ungrateful shit, and now you're just gonna go and get something else blown up. Yep. Ugh. Yay. So, she doesn't have time to catch breath because then a group of four people supporting a fifth person between them rush into the tent and the crotch of the victim is just like soaked in blood and one of them starts to be a racist shit but Fringy just like quickly shuts him down and orders him to put the victim on the table and please cut his clothes off, make sure not to cut him. Um, So they do this and one of them turns away to throw up because a big chunk of the guy's thigh is gone And he has lost so much blood that he is just, like, sheet white pale from blood loss. Um, Yeah. It's it's gruesome. Um, So Frangie orders Ren to get her supplies. One of the other soldiers asks if she knows what she's doing. And she snaps back, no, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Do you want to take over? And that just completely (laughs) shuts them up. I love Frangie. She's just, like... Like, her bullshit tolerance level is going way down, and I'm so, like, yeah, absolutely. I'm here for it. I yeah. am so here for it. I'm here for this. Ugh. She doesn't have time to take bullshit from these idiot white people. Not even a little. Ugh, God. Um. So she checks the, the guy's dog tags, and uh, he's AB negative. Uh, Fringy doesn't have any AB anything. But one of the other soldiers is AB negative and will act as a donor. This soldier is also a racist shit and says, at least it'll be white blood. And Frangie just replies, I'm pretty sure it'll be red. Which, again, <laughs> fucking great retort. Love that. Um, so the blood donor sits down next to him. Ren goes and gets a needle and tube. She has the other soldier put his thumb uh, to put pressure on the wound. She finds an artery in the donor, clamps off the blood until she needs it, and then sews up the femoral artery in the captain, and then starts a literal blood transfusion. Some Mad Max Fury Road shit. Oi. Hell yeah, it is. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's it, This is so badass. Like, I don't, I don't think Frangie ever stepped back to be like, I am a fucking badass, but she should, because this is so badass. I know, because, like, in the meta, she's always saying, like, I'm not, I'm not even a doctor. Like, I barely know what I'm doing. But she's fucking, like, just being so awesome. Like, even knowing just just a little bit more than your average person is just, like, like, is making a huge difference. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. No, you didn't. Uh, No, absolutely. Like, knowing... Knowing more than the average person is saving so many lives here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the cases that are, she's like, I am completely overwhelmed. It's because it's like, oh shit, there's nothing I can do in like a field hospital to help this man. And like a regular hospital would be pretty fucked too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. 
<sighs> Shit's about to get bad, though, because uh, this is when the tent flap flies open. Sergeant Green pokes his head in and says, they are bugging out. They're just going to throw their last of the grenades into the tube, shoot, and then run. And Frangie's like, yeah, I, I can't leave my patient. I'm going to catch up with you once I have him stabilized. And Sergeant Green looks a little upset about this. Like, he wants to stay and maybe help her, but he has to stay with his people. So all he can really do is wish her safety and give up his med kit, and then he leaves. And she realizes now she will be alone with this captain waiting for the enemy. She tells Ren to take off. And then she notices the captain has some thick green-brown liquid coming out of the wound. She says this might be bile, this might be the contents of his lower intestines, but whatever it is, it is septic, and she very much doubts he's going to survive. But she is a medic, mm-hmm. and medics not only care for the wounded, but comfort the dying. Um, she starts tying up more parts of the wound, and he suddenly bolts upright and screams, Oh my god, they shot my dick off! Kill me! Just kill me now! And she's, like, telling him to calm the fuck down, and she's, like, pulling back the flap of skin to show her that his genitals are still very much intact. Um, mm-hmm. But she has no idea what to do about his wounds, and outside is completely silent, but then she hears engines in the distance. Oh, oh no, my penis is gone. I no longer have a reason to live. Ugh. Fuck my off. identity is my penis. I mean, yeah, it is. But like, <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> Objectively so and universally, annoying. your penis is your identity. <laughs> shit this is this this podcast gets progressively spicier as we go (laughs) you shot my dick off yeah i wish sorry (laughs) like i'm sure it's very traumatizing to lose your dick but still well, okay, yeah, but like the question is, am I dying? Yes. Yeah. Care care about that a little bit. Yeah. My my femoral artery is bleeding. I have no blood left in my body, but is my dick okay? My bile is spilling out through my leg wound. <laughs> I'm bleeding internally. There's shrapnel in my organs, but mm-hmm. is the dick okay? <laughs> is my dick okay? Buddy there's no more fucking happening for you in your life. Let it go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, cruel and un- unnecessary on it's, my part. It's fine. It's fine. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it's fine. I don't think any of this is fine. Okay. This is bad. not good for anyone. It's a bad time all around. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Back to. Back to rainy. reality. Whoa. There, there goes, goes gravity. gravity. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I will stop. I will stop. I will stop. Almost I don't. Th- I don't think you should. Would you like? Would did listen, Casey? If you want to do a character rap, I can hook you up. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. 
Mom spaghetti, mom spaghetti, mom spaghetti. <laughs> I'm just very passionate about my mother's spaghetti. <laughs> I just want like a t-shirt that says mom spaghetti on it. <sighs> we can make that happen. Good. I want it. <sighs> All right. All right. Last last one. Last one. Okay. Okay. Rainy is talking to a pilot. His name is Skip. He is in his early 30s, and he is not happy about flying a young woman half his age, um, but he is not openly contemptuous about it, and Rainy will take that. He's just like, well, this is all fucked, but I guess I'll fly you. And she agrees that this is all definitely fucked. Um, they are standing in front of an army L4, which is a small plane with a single overhead wing. I'm sure the airline enthusiasts are screaming at me right now, but, um, that's Dan! Dan! God! (laughs) Dan, what is that? It's, 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 it's a baby plane. It's a little plane. The end. A little, little guy. It's just a little guy, Dan. It's a little guy. This is what it is. Airplanes, airplanes is a little guy. The little baby plane. <laughs> Dan's like, I hate these guys. I hate them this so is, much. This is when he stopped. Oh no, the Slater cast is going to be canceled. Yep, he can't handle this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Dan and Jeff are just going to like rip us a new one on this entire fucking book, dude. They're going to be like, that's not how you pronounce that thing. Listen. Nothing. (laughs) I know you haven't listened to this episode yet, but nothing can be worse than the crimes I committed with the answer Dunkirk. So. Okay. Okay. Just know that. Just know we're safe here. (laughs) This is what I said right before the incident with Dunkirk, but Uh know that we're safe here. I've said the dumbest possible thing. Oh, no. We're safe. We're good. All right. All right. The bar's been set. <laughs> the bar's been set. It is buried so far below the floor. The <laughs> bar may not exist. <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out tomorrow, I think. Make it my number one priority. Witness, just just for that. Just skip to the quiz. Okay, okay. You it's there's so much shame. Okay. There's so much shame to go around that whole whole time. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um small plane, two seats, one door. Rainy's gonna jump out of it. It's fun. Um she piles in, she feels very claustrophobic, and they bounce down the road and take off, and they fly over the town of Maktar, and the view is great. And then they start getting into the desert in the middle of nowhere, and then the view is boring. Um mm-hmm. she passes the time by going over her parachute instructions. The plane hits some turbulence at one point. It does nothing to lessen her fear or her need to pee or her need to vomit. Um, (laughs) Skip yells something that she can't hear and motions off to the right. She sees vehicles on the road, which turn out to be German trucks and tanks. Um, And Skip is holding the stick with his knees and making notes and checking the map. And then he taps her knee and holds up the hand signal for five minutes. And Rainy is properly freaked now. Eventually, he pushes the door open with some difficulty. She climbs into position, scrunched between the door and the back of his seat. She slips 
and then impulsively grabs the stick, the plane jerks downward, and immediately a big German plane swoops by overhead. Skip yells that it's now or never, and she's like, so are we there, or like, what's going on? And his only reply is to push her out of the plane. She doesn't scream, Mm -hmm. but she really wants to. Some cold part of her brain is telling her to pull the fucking ripcord already. She pulls it, and nothing happens. And she's spiraling down towards the desert, but then she feels a jerk on the straps and whiplash, and she is jerked upright, and she sees that the white chute has tethered above her. Um, And uh, she realizes that she still has to land, even though she has successfully deployed the chute. Um, She glances to the south, and she sees Skip's plane exploding into pieces as the German plane lays fire to it. And she does not see Skip get out, and she watches the plane fall to the ground in a poof of dust. Um, Then she realizes that while she was watching this, the ground is coming up very fast, and she forgot to brace herself, and she hits hard and falls down, and the chute drags her a few feet before she's able to stand up. She has successfully parachuted behind enemy lines, and she has gotten a pilot killed. She gives herself a minute to lay on her back and collect herself, and then orders herself to get up and move. She uses the sun to calculate direction and starts heading east. She tells herself if she survived the jump, how hard can it be to find 50 soldiers in the middle of nowhere? After half an hour of walking, she finds the road and crouches beside it. The plan had only been to find the platoon, wave a wing at them, and then jump out directly above them, but clearly that did not happen. She spots a jeep coming down the road. She composes her face into calm and authoritative and steps out into the middle of the road. And that's where we'll end for now. I This was my favorite one yet. Yep. It's a lot. It's so much. I wonder how it's going to resolve. We have two more books to go after this. So no, not. It's not. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly... I mean, I think the goal is Rainy and Rio at least are going to meet. I think I think it would be cool if they all met each other by the end of it. I think they have to, right? Because that's the whole premise is that they're the one writer is in the hospital telling the story of all of their yeah. comrades. Yeah. So they must. They must meet. Yeah. Some oh. oh, and I guess Rio and Frangie already met. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Reunite. They all just reunite Re- together. Reunited. Reunited. Never felt so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, I I really enjoy it. Like, it's horrific and horrifying and, like, terrifying and not good. Scarring. Yeah. But I loved this part so much. Yeah. God, just the scene where Rio's shooting those guys is just like, wow. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> like, all, like, it was just the perfect mixes of like, nope, he fell. He just fell. He just, mm-hmm. tra- there's no way I shot him. There's no way I shot him. Okay, there's no way he's dead. Okay, I'm just gonna shoot wildly so I don't hit anybody. Like, yeah, ugh, that progression. Oh my god, 
Yeah. Oh, man. And that moment where she's like, shoot, like, she feels both horror and triumph at the same time is just mm-hmm. like, ooh. I know I've talked yeah. about this already, oh, but like, Jesus. Yeah, but that whole scene, like, where every, like, she just lost the ability to speak and just literally, like, every line she has, she'll be being told, like, okay, like, line this up. You have to get ready to shoot. And she's just like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. It's like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I hate it, but, like, also I'm succeeding at it. And if I kill them, they won't kill me. Like, that primal survivalist kind of mentality is like what i was just like oh oof mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like it didn't there wasn't much about this but it did seem like her initial gut feel was like when she was told like hey rio has like you know two confirmed kills what do you have her gut feel was like oh we don't we don't brag about that. That was horrible. I hated yeah. that. Yeah, like, I don't feel good about that at all. Yeah, like, wh- why are you saying this like it's a good thing? This is a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I love... Damn. I love Cole. Like... Oh, me too. We don't. We don't have to throw him in the trash. Like... We don't know. He can stay. Leifer <laughs> <sighs> can go. Though. I can't wait to find out like what Cole got goddamn uh, demoted for. Yeah. Who else? Who else did we love? Our girls, obviously. How did we feel about Tilo, who was also there? <laughs> uh he was there okay yeah i don't know like i really don't none of the ancillary characters really mattered like i mean they did but like i think we really came into hyper focus on the girls really quickly in this part you know what i do find interesting that i just realized um is that a lot of the guys there was kind of this element of like glorifying the violence against the enemy. Cause like Hark Milliken was like, Oh yeah, you shot that guy real good. And Tila was like, Oh yeah, I was, you know, I was trying to shoot, but there was too much dust. And then gear was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I probably shot some guys. And like this like fucking machismo, like bullshit about mm-hmm. like glorifying this shit and like none of the well i mean you know it was re- really only rio's perspective but rio just ha- has such a different view of like i shot someone i killed someone this is not something to celebrate <laughs> right this fucking matters and you yeah need to stop treating it like it's yeah yeah yep they'll all be singing a different tune by the end of it probably Uh, i hope so i hope so hope they learn a lesson (laughs) that'll learn yeah uh what else do we got 
I don't know. I like I was so taken in by the the recap. I don't even have anything to say here. Like I'm just I'm so enthralled with this part of the book. I can't wait to get to the last part. I know. We're almost done. We're almost there. Ah, oh, I'm so excited. I am too. And like there're more books, but like yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. Me too. <laughs> Oh, and then once we finish this book, I have no idea what's coming up because this one I've read before, but didn't remember a lot of honestly. But like the next books, I have not read. Yeah, for real, I I did not remember a ton. Like I remember the basic like plot points, but like the part that we're in now is the part that I remember the most about. So like I'm very excited to get to the next part, and then I'm very excited to get to the next books. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what happens? In the next part? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm very excited. Okay. Uh, ready to learn. Yeah. that's This next part is the one where that moment happened that I talked to you about, where, like, when I'm reading a Michael Grant book and I read something and I get, like, full body, like, chills, like, holy shit, what just happened? Oh. Like, the next part is where that comes into play. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's it's so good. I guess let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know. I don't know. But it, I don't know, but I guess it's time. Club 96. Okay. 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 Um if you want to send me an email about why the Slater cast is canceled because of stupid <laughs> shit that I've said, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> you can do that at anonymousanawars at gmail.com or Club at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous. You can go to our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which is pop it right now and uh we have apple grant book club um you can go on twitter at apple grant cast or animorphs anon you can go on instagram at animorphs anonymous or apple grant cast and i think those are all the social media places where we can be reached those are but if you are like me and social media is hard and difficult emotionally um, there's a, mm-hmm. a place you can come, it, an oasis of sorts, a Discord server where we are at all times. Um, maybe not at all times, but most of the time we are there. Um, hey, I am there at almost all of the time. <laughs> no sleep, only Discord. Um, only Discord. Yes. Uh, Animorphs Anonymous Discord, we are there. Other Animorphs fans are there. We are all very cool and I love them them all them people so much uh if you want to join this little party uh you can hit us up on any of our socials we'll get you the link and also you should check out our youtube page that we share with cad mr crisis um we are uploading archived episodes of animorphs anonymous there every wednesday and you can find that at strong shape international on youtubes hell Um, yeah yeah. What if, though? What if 
I was on the YouTubes and I'm like watching video and audio and I'm like, I love this. I wish there was no audio though. What, where can I go to find something like that? <laughs> there's, there's audio that you can't hear, but you can read and pretend it's happening. And also you could probably go to like Spotify and be like, oh, hey, it's this song and you could listen along. Um, anyway, I have a music themed webcomic that I make and draw. It is called Beside You. Uh, you can go read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com. It is also on Tapas and Webtoons. And it is also on Patreon, and you can help support the making of this comic. Um, you, you can get work-in-progress pages and early access pages and other bonus art and things. And you can also find out what the heck the Slater cast is. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, oh, Casey. Oh, oh, no. I'm getting a text message right now. It's from Dan. <gasps> He Hi, says that he says the Slater cast can continue, but only if they join your Patreon at five hundred dollars a month. Please tell me how to do that. What's your Patreon? Oh, my Patreon is patreon.com slash KCD Studios. I can't believe I forgot to put the fucking URL. Thank you. It's it's okay. So for only five hundred dollars a month, you can convince Dan to come back to the Slater cast. Please, guys, make up for my mistakes. <laughs> oh, I let's say let's say I'm a person and I already yeah I went to Patreon. I did the thing, and then I was like, yeah. I really like this feeling of supporting these people. And I would like to support them more. How can I support Alex and Alex's endeavors and things? Oh boy, uh, you could you could come listen to me spew some bullshit if you like. <laughs> um, I I do like a hundred things. Uh, some of those things are things like Horse Girls, which is a podcast where I've said <laughs> terrible things about history. <laughs> Truly. Truly incorrect and awful things about history. Uh, but also we're talking about the Heartland series with famous Jenna and famous sweet baby Tim. And uh, we talk about horses. We got metal horses. And sometimes there is history in it. It's it's wrong when it comes out of my mouth. Just know that. <laughs> uh, but if you want some history that comes out of my mouth correctly because I'm making it up on the fly, you can check out Dungeons and Drakenbeams, which is an Animorphs D&D podcast that I do with many dear friends now, Austin and Q and Corey and Nate, who is famous from our Discord. Nate the Splintersmith, you say, yes, the very one. We do an Animorphs podcast together where we play Dungeons and Dragons and a uh, new idiot death teen wish eager dead <laughs> beautiful yeah don't change a thing it's perfect <laughs> uh, yeah those, those are words that in the sentence that you wanted to say <laughs> i kind of mad lived it a little or like refrigerator magneted yeah, yeah, all the yeah. words that i wanted it's and fine. just like kind of <laughs> you don't I'm not changing that. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. At DNDB Pod, Dungeons and Dragon Beams, Dungeons and Dragon Beams, DragonBeams.com, whatever. Twitch.tv slash CZ Drop. Do it. 
And then finally, for now, uh, you heard about Camus to Crisis? That's right. I'm on that one sometimes. It's a show where we talk about Superboy, who's a boy that is pretty goddamn super. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. So we do that with David and Drew. And you heard them on the Alternative Wars 2 episode. Or you heard Drew on Meg Morse and the Time of the Dinosaurs. And uh, yeah, they're wonderful, great boys. And I love them. And we do stuff together sometimes. So... That's how you can support me, I guess. All of those. <laughs> All Al- of those. Alex is on every single podcast that exists in our known universe. So, but those Man, are the best ones. Not so yet. Listen to those. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. There's time. And not. Not yet. There's time. Plus, we there's there's projects in the works. Don't don't be fooled. There are projects with in the Casey. Works. Yeah, I'm. I might Casey's be in projects work. in the future in the works. Uh-huh. 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 Secret projects Ooh. in the works. Uh what else? Oh, thank you to Jess for our awesome theme music. Uh Jess is over at Twitter at it's Reese. I think that's the handle. Yes. Yeah. It's Reese. Yep. I T S R E I S E. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, yep, she does music and shit and photography and all sorts of things, and now she just she made a baby. That's pretty impressive too. Cool. Yeah. Um. Is that it? I think that's <laughs> how it. long have we been doing this podcast. <laughs> we listen, listen. We've been doing this podcast for long enough that we know that there's some bullshit that we fucking forgot to say at the end of this thing. <laughs> and that the second we hit stop, we'll be like, motherfucker! God. Like, so... Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows we only get one take, and we can't edit in anything that we might have forgotten. That's physically I've impossible. I've literally never edited one of these podcasts ever. Yeah. 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 These go up fucking raw. What yeah. you see is what you get. <laughs> I will oh. never forget the time that Dr. Maria burned me so good. And I don't think she meant it like as a burn, but like, fuck, it was so good. When we were talking about editing the podcast and she goes, what exactly do you edit out? Because it really seems like you leave it all in there. And I was like, that's the sickest fucking burn anyone's ever said to me. Oh my God. Yep. I've never forgotten it. This was years ago. I still think about it all the time. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) It was fucking sick burn. Sick burn, Dr. Maria. What do you edit out exactly? It kind of feels like you don't edit it at all. It, it kind of feels like you leave everything you say in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does feel that way. I mean, <laughs> that's by design, though. You know. We just... Yeah. But then again, like, think back to what I just said about idiot teenagers with a death wish. Like, maybe I don't edit. <laughs> you edit as you speak. You edit out the words that absolutely don't matter. <laughs> this is shortened for time. I did. Yes. <laughs> and I Hit did all that by words in the were moment. Done. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a it's 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 a new form of editing. It's neo editing. 
This is SEO optimized podcasting, people. <laughs> I only put words that convert in my podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> and on that note, should we give a shortened SEO formatted goodbye? Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>